to this one after full time against Essendon, who only managed 10 goals, 12.72, to Melbourne, who exploded away in the final turn, 16-12-108. KL, welcome to you and a much-needed result, a much-needed result to stay in, in at least touch with the top eight sitting on 12 premiership points at the moment. Hello, Koza. It is our fortress. Etihad Stadium is our <laughs> fortress. And don't we love games that start at 2.10 in the afternoon? Yeah, who would have ever thought 2.10 in the afternoon? That would be just uh, our sort of zone now. We've had enough of the disappearing into oblivion on a, on a Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock and all those sort of things. Yeah. Let's actually get some prime time footy. Missed... Don't worry about Carlton playing five Friday night games. You've missed Let's my get gag. The on there. You completely missed my gag. Did I? Okay, what was your gags? Please explain it to me at stupid o'clock. The game started at one ten, but Melbourne didn't start playing until 2.10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the comedy uh, festival in Melbourne's just finished. I should have really good. run with that line. Very good. When you said it, I thought, oh, was it earlier? Yeah, okay. No, you're quite right. It took a while to get the engine running, and then by halftime we were up and going. Yes, thankfully. And wasn't it... Just honestly, I was tweeting out some some pretty um, un, yes, you were. Uncharac- uh, uncharacteristic hey, along language. With, along with a lot of along with a lot of other football followers and football fans as well, oh, there was it, a lot of other people from the AFL community saying, uh, "This is unwatchable. What's going yeah. on?" It was popsy. Um, it was yeah, it, was it was such a terrible first half of football from both teams. It turnover city and just a ridiculous amount of mistakes. So. What struck me is that Melbourne didn't have any structure in their defence or their forward line. Look, I, I find it amazing that there was only, what, three goals kicked in that opening term and then only a few more to half time as well. But that structure you're talking about, that structure in the forward line, I, I'm, I'm again, and I'm going to sound like a, a, a beating drum all the time, but why don't we just have Jesse down there to be able to kick along to to provide that sort of structure down there? I, I actually thought the forward line in the second half functioned pretty well and mm. there were some great goals being kicked. But I, I'm still at a loss as to why we need him cruising along our half-back line. Well, I've got this really weird um, theory, actually. The Melbourne started to turn it around when Jesse Hogan went off after crumbling his ankle yeah. um, in that marking pack. And so that forced the Essendon defenders to match up on someone else because I can't remember the bloke's name who was on Jesse and he was toweling him up. Um so then they had to restructure themselves a little bit. And then Jesse did stay relatively put in the forward line when he came back on. And would you believe it played really well? Yeah, exactly right. Leave him down there, let him go down there and let him let him play well. Uh, did paper over a few cracks though. Max Gorn's shooting at goal, and we'll get <laughs> on to the Gorn issue shortly. From directly in front, he's no better than a 50-50 chance, but apparently bombing him in boomerang style from the pocket is just totally acceptable. You know why? Because the pressure is off. If he, <laughs> st- if he stuffs up one around the body, people go, oh, well, he gave it a good shot. If he stuffs up one directly in front, people say Max Gorn can't kick. Yeah, he's got to go back down and learn how to do that because it's, it's pivotal. It's pivotal 
Could have won us the Geelong game, obviously, um, and I'm just hoping it doesn't come back to orders. Just quickly on that Essendon thing, too, that fan has apologised unreservedly to Max and to Essendon and to the RSL and to everyone else. So he should have, too. Absolute peanut. I don't mind people yelling, booing, doing whatever, but you can't get in the grill and that personal space of a player. That was totally wrong. Really? I didn't mind it. <laughs> Says P, who um, tried to tell the proclaimers in front of me last weekend to pipe down they were annoying me but anyway <laughs> you can't you can't do that no you can't kale you cannot do that you cannot get yeah, in right. the personal space of a player like that's that. true if you want to shout that from three rows back that's fine and if you're in the front row shout as much as you want but he stood up bent over got right in the face and do you know what if max had said step over this side of the fence and give that a crack oh, so yeah, yeah you go big fella Max would have just laid him down like a steamroller. Interesting that he chose Max. I wonder if it was someone else, say Charlie Spargo, that was lining up um, for goal in that position, if that Essendon fellow would have even said, uh, sorry, what, what's your name? You know, Yeah, no, he would have because you're a lunatic and he's apologised to oh, rightly okay. so. So we'll keep moving. All right, who gives a shit about him? <laughs> <laughs> now, back, back to the game. We have had a lot of Simon Says turn up on yeah. uh, Twitter, obviously, details podcast and also details on Facebook as well. Um, can I start with a Simon Says? Yep. Uh, young Spargo has earned himself a couple of weeks in the senior lineup. Simon <laughs> Says, question marks now around other small forwards. Well, yes, and you can certainly say that. And I think the question mark is around, in particular, Jeff Garlett who had a great first two weeks, I reckon. He was pretty good and then dropped away significantly for the last month. In comes Charlie Spargo. And here are some stats that um, Bobby underscore MFC tweeted out um, last night. 18 disposals, nine contested possessions, 89% disposal efficiency, two goals, five score involvements, four marks and three tackles. I'll take that from my small forward every single day of the week. Welcome to the big league, son. Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. So, uh, well done because I know that um, I think we actually had someone else correspond to maybe on Twitter with a similar sort of thing to Simon Says as well, questioning uh, Jeff Garlett. Yeah, it was actually on Facebook, Koza, uh, from Andrew Weaver. Do we need Garlett, Simon Says? Well, I'm agreeing with Andrew to say that I think Jeff Garland's going to have to work very, very hard to get back into the lineup. So um, Spargo is another one of those natural sort of footballers for mine um, and just ran to the right spots, was there crumbing, doing exactly what he's needing to do. And it was a very, very impressive debut game from, uh, from Spargo and nice to see the number nine trotting around up the forward line. Yes, I did like having the number nine with a little bit of pace. Apologies yeah. to Jack Trengove, but this one's got a little bit of pace to him. Um, and, but back to Andrew Weaver's point, uh, yes, we do need Jeff Garlett because he does have a significant amount of experience and he does have a lot of ability. So this might he's been sent back to the resis a couple of times, so this might be the, you know, get your stuff together and come back and give it another crack. But, yes, I certainly do think we need him, um, but I'm more than happy to have a few more than fit in the 22 that can play that kind of a role. 
Well, that? let's concentrate a bit on the forward line because Wiedemann, I thought, provided some viable options as well. He's still very much a work in progress and didn't didn't hit a lot of stats. I mean, was probably at the lower end with nine disposals in total. But really important that he becomes a, a focal point and also keeps other defenders honest. And the inclusion of Tom McDonald really changed the way we looked. Once he went forward, I didn't like him down back early on. I didn't like the setup down back early on. Um, now, I don't know if that was Essendon's forwards or how it was working, but towards the end of the game, I saw Lewis pushing forward um, and Tom McDonald went forward and down back stayed Bernie Vince, Hibbard, Oscar McDonald and Lever. And I just, and Neville Jetta, what a cracking contest he had with Jake Stringer yesterday. It was just fantastic. Um but, yeah, I, I like the set. It looked more simple down back once Tom and Jordan weren't the main players down there. So, yeah, there was a few little th- – you know, yet last week I sooked it up that maybe Simon Goodwin didn't have a plan B. Well, you know what, maybe he doesn't, but Essendon certainly didn't have a plan B. Um, no, the blowtorch so we'll is really going to be a- be applied to Worsfold because there was a lot of talk that Essen were going to be playing finals football. Doesn't look like that is going to eventuate. But the other thing was we've been told Tom McDonald's going forward. Tom McDonald's yeah. going to be a forward. Tom, so why did we go through this charade of, of having him down back? It didn't work. I don't think it worked at all. And to me it says that he trained all summer as a forward and then he was, oh, down you go. And then, oh, hang on. Wasn't he even on the wing for a bit? I think yeah, he was. was. Yeah. He was on the wing for yeah. a bit. It was just yeah. a bit silly. On that um, theme of the uh, plan Bs with the coaches, Kefu Lim on our uh, Facebook page in the Simon Says section, Essendon must be really, really tish house is all I can say. <laughs> so thanks, Kefu for sending that in. Um, I do agree that they're not a great side, but we also have to pay credit to Melbourne um, because they did, when it was needed, come out after halftime. And I don't know what riot book volume the team was read, but I liked it. And let's have a repeat of that. Oh, sorry, riot act book. Um, yeah. Let's repeat that next week before we come out and play the Saints. Uh, another one here, Matthew Nolan. It's amazing what pressure looking inside and hitting targets has done. That second yes. half was a lot closer to what we saw for most of last year. And the scoreline reflects it, over 100 points. And we did yeah. that the first couple of weeks and then it dropped significantly away. So thank you, Matthew Nolan. Would you like to add anything to that, Koza? No, no, no. I couldn't agree more, though, because the pressure was what was needed. And that is what, when you have a look at uh, the way Richmond swarm and uh, even Collingwood, the way they played, they're still a step up in that pressure stakes as well. We need to get better and better at that and defending our own forward 50 and defending in the midfield so that our back end have actually got a chance to try and spoil a ball or do something like that. So that certainly stepped up. And look, that's the way the game's played now. That is the way everyone is right up in the grill all the time. All right, here's back on to Twitter at Details Podcast from Dull and Void. Thank you, Dull and Void. Uh, Simon says we need to make the Clash Jumper our new default. Undefeated <laughs> wearing it this year, including AFLX and JLT. I love this Clash Jumper. And I don't know if it's the fact that I'm an 80s girl at heart, yeah, but yeah. I grew up watching the team in a jumper like 
this and I'm, I'm just looking for one of those two is blue patches that I can put, <laughs> No, put you, need, you need the Drake International. Drake is Drake, yes. Two is new was after Drake. I grew up yeah. with, with Drake into two is new and then um, – Oh, golly, I can't remember what it was after that. But I, lo- I love the Clash Jumper. You know why? Because it still says Melbourne yeah. with, without um, going away too much from the colour, well, the main colours of, of the brand. And I, I love it. There's no white on it. And thank you, Dull and Void. That was an amazing, uh, Simon says, I reckon. Yeah, he- and it looks really strong too. It's a strong look. Here's, here's a very good point from uh, Red and Blue, who's at Man 31 He tweets in every week, and I love reading out his Simon Says. Simon says, this was a good win, but how telling it will it was will depend on the outcome of our next game against St Kilda. Mm, mm, absolutely. Melbourne uh, we'll will talk go about that favorites. more later. We will. Uh, with the- with the run to the Saints. But, yes, we have to we have to frank the win with another one back-to-back and we've just simply got to get keep that momentum going um, because now that we've actually starting to play this sort of... And the thing is, we need, in the next three weeks, we've got three really winnable matches and we need to make sure that we do nail them all right on the head and keep going because as soon as we slip, mm-hmm. because we've slipped early, we, we've got no more lives left. Like, if you slip again, it's going to be so tied up in that top eight or ten trying to get into September action. Slip again. There's not going to be any room to move. It's also not just slipping, um, Kozer. It's keeping the four, keeping the pressure on for four quarters. So remember towards the end of last year, there was that horrid game against Brisbane. Yes, we won it, but yes, we're up by 50 points and only won by 14 or something. Correct. And the fact we missed the finals by one goal – here we were last yesterday. We were up by a lot more than we eventually won by. So it's not backing off when you know that you've got the four points because the four points are certainly the most crucial thing. But the extra details, and forgive this pun, but it's the one percenters or the point oh one percenters that are really critical for Melbourne this year because they're not a top four team. Let's be clear about that. They are probably a four to fourteen team, and they need they need these wins to be significant wins, so their percentage is up. Now, I mentioned Bobby Clark before sending in those stats about uh, Charlie Spargo. I'm reading this. Um, D, this Simon says out it's pure for it's purely for self gratification. So thank you, thank you. Oscar is our most improved player this year. Simon says. Well, okay. Bobby, I am more than happy to sing from that hymn book, and you know yeah, I am. Bobby, you don't win a prize, and to be <laughs> fair, Oscar, Oscar was coming from a fair way back, right? So your level of improvement going from zero to 20 or 30 is going to be a lot more than trying to eke out the extra percentages going all the way up to 100. So Oscar was coming from a fair way back, I agree. He is certainly improving. Uh, I'd still like to see him be able to hit a pack a bit harder and do a few things like that. But I agree he's improving. He took a classic little one hand. Oh, how good was it? Which was nice. Full so that on was string. Yeah, and and that's the that's Rantesque. That's the sort of stuff we want from him to be have the ability to be able to hold someone else out 
and then still be able to put him in out and, and actually clutch the ball. So, yes, Oscar is improving. Bobby Clark, you will be continually mentioned by KL if you put in that sort of stuff. <laughs> but there's an absolute Dorothy Dixer on the way through. But Simon says, yes, I agree, but Oscar's still got more work to do. Well, last Simon says for now, and then Leanne, if you're listening, I'm going to use your Simon says when we preview the Saints game. So don't get shirty with me. So last Simon says for now from Danny Jedi 1. Thanks, Danny. Um, and ch- get Jack Watts out of your profile pic as well, mate. He's gone. Uh, okay, Simon says, how good is it having three tools, Hogan, Wiedemann, McDonald, instead of yep. just Hogan with Harms as second ruck? It allows Milkshake and Fritz, etc., to have more favourable matchup. Yes, it does. Just bringing in McDonald has has changed things up. But what I did like is when Gorn had a rest, it wasn't Harms in the ruck, it was Wiedemann in the ruck, and he was up against Joe, Mc, Joe Danaher. Lol, Joe Danaher, hilarious. Um, so so Wiedemann then got a run in the ruck, which is only going to help his ability to move around the ground. So, you know, bringing back McDonald and hopefully bringing back soon in the next month, let's just put it at a month, Jack Viney, it's going to put a lot more strength into the team. And maybe that's why um, um, Simon Goodwin wasn't too miffed last week even though we all were. Maybe that's why he wasn't, because he just knew what was around the corner. Okay, um, time for a little reality check, and you know he's a favourite of mine, but if we're now rucking Wiedemann and we made five changes and the 21 can't get in, yeah, is, Cam Pettis, is Cam Pettison looking forward to a big year at Casey, full stop? Uh, you know what? I, I would probably at this point say there's a reason he wasn't picked, and that's because he is old. Er, I can't say he's old because he's still younger than us. Um, but he is in the older bracket, and there are talented youngsters coming through who need the chance because they need to be body ready by the end of the year. Doesn't mean Cam Pedersen won't get called up again. And if he does, and he has a couple of blinders, then he continues through, kind of like he did last year. But even last year, he dropped off in a few games. Like he was. He was good, but then he gets patchy. And I think Melbourne just want the consistency. And they're getting consistency from a few of their players. Um, Oscar in particular, he's been very consistent this year. Max Gorn's been consistent. So why why would you bring in Pedersen at the risk of developing Wiedemann um, and, you know, maybe even a bit more harms in the ruck? Even Lever can jump up in the ruck. You know, I know that you've loved him forever. I like him. You're, you're, he's your Oscar to my – He Cam's your Oscar um, for me. Well, the thing is I just know, and we ha- we haven't for, lived through a period where I don't believe players have given 110%, and I just know that Cam does that time and time again as an undersized ruckman and everything else. You're right. Look, he's 31 years of age now. Um, and maybe Simon Goodwin has made the decision to say, well, we're going to be racking Wiedemann, we're going to be racking Tom McDonald, this is what we're now going to be doing. No, there's no room down the forward line. Cam Pedersen's not a backman, so there's not enough seats on the merry-go-round. Mm. 
Yeah, and that's that's the way it works, which will be a sad demise, and I'd like to think he might get another opportunity um, as well because there is going to be players, and this is so important, knocking down the door. So great to see Spargo obviously come in as well. Fritz got a reprieve, one of the, the five changes back in too. Mm. Jordan Lewis obviously uh, you know, back in. Um, there was five changes, a lot of changes, but all of them came in and made some sort of impact. They did, and... One, it wasn't necessarily, well, it certainly wasn't a change to the team, but it was a change to the role. And seeing Nathan Jones go from a tagger for the last two weeks to breaking those shackles of that role of a lockdown midfielder into being a genuine midfielder again in the third term, he had nine disposals, six contested possessions and four clearances, five score involvements and 200 metres gained. That's in the third term. Yeah, that's yeah, a, huge. He, gone to Jones was just electric um, in the second half yesterday. Well, it made a difference from Gorn to Cochin or Martin, which is what yes. happened on Anzac Day, yes. uh, which goes under the not ideal file because you've got the dominant Ruckman and then these guys are just working the crumbs. <laughs> yeah, well, um, the other thing I, I liked yesterday is we weren't reliant on Jesse to kick our goals. We had seven forwards who got multiple goals and well done to Charlie Spargo and Bailey Fritch. And yeah, Bailey Fritch dropped an absolute sitter. Um, (laughs) Inexcusable. It's it's already a meme for, um, a meme out on Twitter for, ah, crap. But, um, you know, well done to the rest of the the guys that got a couple of goals in. You know, it's good. It's good to get over a hundred. yeah, I was just happy to like. I was not happy in the first half, but I was really happy with the second half performance. Well, given the fact that this has been a really, really low-scoring uh, first part of the year for the whole AFL, really important for us to be hitting up over 100 points. And we just need to make that the benchmark. That's just got to be the benchmark. We just have to be doing that, especially against teams that are lower than us and haven't got the same level of expectation. Plenty of Bombers fans will be shattered, though, by that. They might have thought they were going to come with a win. And I tell you what, no one would be happier than Michael Hibbert and no. uh, the Milkshake because to take it to your, uh, your former team, nothing. Yeah. Yes, uh, Milky Milkshake's kicks inside 50, I just trust him so much. And he's a player that has had to go back and find form and come, you know, work his way back into the team. But I love his penetrating kick and I'm really happy. I, I am confident in his marking ability and his kicking and... You know, I even I haven't seen him do it yet, but he was so good at that lockdown role last year in the midfield. So, you know, maybe now Jones can not do that role and he could actually take the taps from Gorn and put Milkshake back in there if someone's having a blinder. But one point, um, you know Glenn Luff from Champion Data? So I saw a um, tweet from him last night. Melbourne, this is what it says, Melbourne get blown away last quarter against the Tigers and they've been bagged for three days straight. But but Collingwood are seen as winners after 16 fewer inside 50s and 13 fewer shots. It's a strange world. Yeah, it is. And the the margin margin of loss was only three points of difference, 43 to 46, so you're quite right. Yeah, I, I don't know what that means for the Queen's birthday clash, but people are talking up Collingwood's resurgence and form so much. But to me, they're pretty even with Melbourne. If if they come away both having those games against Richmond, and let's say Richmond is the top team, 
then it must mean that Melbourne's pretty even with Collingwood. So stop pumping him up, everyone, and have a look at Melbourne. And, and on the flip side to that, everybody today has been absolutely catastrophically bagging Essendon and saying how dare they re-sign their coach and they've got, you know, Joe Danaher is in complete turmoil. Well, how about we have a look at what Melbourne did to change things up in the game? Because Essendon and Melbourne were very level in that first quarter, level in complete capitulation and terrible skills. But it was what, woeful. Yeah, it was. It was terrible. Um, but it what, was only lucky we were playing Essendon and not playing a better team because it's how we would have been trailing 10 goals to one. Heads were down, weren't they, all over the field? Yeah. They were down. Um, but, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's good to go under the radar after a win like that and let the uh, let the blame fall on the loser. Well, I think that is going to be good. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side of this and have a look at I want to know, do we change the team? Is there anyone in particular you'd like uh, maybe given a rest? Is there someone you think needs to come back in uh, if we're going to be changing the team up at all? The other thing is, too, let's have a look at uh, some of the way those goals were kicked because it was pretty exciting stuff. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on details. This is my kingdom come. This is my kingdom come. When you pull my heat, look into my eyes. It's where my demons hide. It's where my demons hide. Don't get too close to me. Welcome back, Detailers. We're talking about a great win over the Bombers. Well, a substantial win in the end because it was a bit of an arm wrestle for the first half and then obviously uh, we blew it apart in the second half. Half and uh, no small measure to the fact that Jones got busy. Obviously, Gorn got busy as well. Tommy McDonald was really good. Bailey Fritch opened up, joined the party as well. Um, poor old Jakey Stringer couldn't win a trick. Jeter, I thought, was great. The lineup of the team, the lineup of the team, was there anyone screaming out to you, KL, to sort of say, gee, I reckon you might be looking for a run at Casey uh, this weekend? Yes, and I mentioned, it la- I mentioned him last weekend, last week as well. Alex Neil, Alex Neil isn't. Yeah, he's not rocking my boat at the moment. Okay. And um, I didn't love, love the game of Angus Brayshaw either. Now they're they're pretty similar players. A and B has not, to me, put put his skills on display at all for the last month. Haven't seen him mark clearly, goal properly. Um, yeah, I'm. I can't see, well, I've been to some of the games, but on TV I can't see his work off the ball, so I can't comment on that. But from what I can see inside my little black box, not enough from A and B at the moment. What about you? Yeah, he's the one. And Brayshaw was the one that I, when Angus Brayshaw first turned up, boy, oh boy, he was just getting leather poisoning and he was just everywhere. Um, that role really almost is now Clayton Oliver's. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that Brayshaw has hit the heights, the same heights. The thing is, though, who is going to come in? And I suppose that is that is the question. It seems that we have maybe more forwards and midfielders, I suppose, um, in terms of, of potential to return. Uh, maybe, maybe... Uh, Angus hangs in there, but I think A and B, yeah, and when you float through the likes of um, Stretch, A and B, these sort of guys, they're, they're quite similar in what they do, um, and they've got to really come in and provide a bit more than, than what they're providing right now. I've, I've got an option in Christian Petrarca. 
Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> he comes in. So he hasn't got a fight with his dog anymore. So that's, that's is that for real? Good. Is that for real? Well, I mean, that's what the club says. He, so he's got to hope it's for real. He hasn't done a Jordan Degoe on us, has he? I would hope not. Mm. I would. I would hope he, not. He played with it against Richmond, and then it got infected. So I don't know where he stuck his in, his sore finger out on the ground against Richmond for it to then get infected and need surgery. Yeah, yeah, well, that was the way it was. But just having a look at some of the Casey stuff as well, I mean, we had the game against Geelong. In the end, it was a loss to Geelong, 62-84. to 84. But just having a look at some of the people that uh, were, were prominent there, Frosty, obviously, is looking to make his way back into the team. Um, young Oscar Baker, sounds exciting. Haven't seen a lot of him. Mm. Um, Scott was the other one that, but talking about the listed players, Bug, obviously, Pedersen as well. So, um, look, there's no one busting the door down to get back in. I think Tom Bug's going to have a period of time out for a little while. Mm. Garlett didn't do a lot, you know, I mean, six mm. possessions in total, and that's, that's not going to be a lot. For yeah, but Cyril Jeff- Rioli can be a match winner and get 10 possessions. Yes, but I okay. There's apples and oranges there. Jeff Garlett's good, but he's not Cyril Rioli. So just cool your jets on that one. Jeff Garlett needs to be doing a whole lot more than what Cyril does. But there's no one busting, so maybe we go in unchanged against St Kilda and have the potential to put some more matches. And the other thing is not only matches into players, but it's players playing together Mm. and getting used to the running patterns of each other, getting used to what they can expect from each other. That's the other thing that's going to be really, really important. And for that back six to be able to finally gel together, for Lever to know his role, for Oscar to be able to do some more, Nev Jetta, as I said, was fantastic. The ability for players to play together and trust each other, which and I use Richmond as the benchmark, Mm. God, they do that. Mm. They just trust that whoever gets to the contest, and I haven't seen that almost since I remember watching the Brisbane Lions, and they just trusted that Voss was going to do it, Mel Michael was going to do it, Lepich was going to do it. They just trusted. We've got to build that. Yeah, well, Geelong had it with Scarlett and Harry yep. Taylor and Lonigan. Um, yep. They had a fairly strong back. Look, you're right. Key defences win premiership because you need that defensive element. But if you were to three years ago look at Alex Rance, Dylan Grimes, uh, who's that one with the nuggety head that's back there? Can't think of his name. Not attractive. Uh, Vloston. Yes. Nick Vloston. Nick Vloston. You know, if you were to look at those guys three years ago and say, oh, you know what, you're going to win a premiership together, they would have said, we love you. That's the best thing we've ever heard. But you know what they did? And they're looking at winning another one. Um, So if if Melbourne, you're right, if Melbourne can get that back six gelling, you can have Oscar as your great fullback and Lever, Hibbard. You can run through them all. And, yeah. you know, if worse comes to worse, throw Tom McDonald back down there because we know he can do it because he was the only one doing it for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, there, there is a lot to like. But this this week they did say Petrarca was only out for one, so I wouldn't be surprised um, if A and B gets a spell or um, – or Brayshaw gets a spell. But what I found interesting was in the emergencies, Joel Smith and Tim Smith were back on yes. the emergency list. So yeah. I'd be interested to see how they go. I think Joel Smith's only played that. Did he play one game or two games before he um, 
broke his body in half. He was, he was actually in really good form and had worked very, very hard to be able to do it. Um, and that was that was a disappointing result for him. So Joel Smith certainly also provides a little bit of extra zip as well. Mm. Um, I like the fact that he can get in there and do that. So And Tim Smith, of course, was really good. And then he had injury as well. So um, that is a genuine opportunity for Tim Smith to be able to come in. But what we want, what we need, what we want is the pressure underneath so no one can just relax. Yes, that's true. At the yeah, people say Melbourne's got a great list, but you need to have that depth, don't you? And we were talking about that at the start of the year that we've got all these players pressing, but from what I've yeah. seen from some of those players that should be pressing, they haven't pressed hard enough, and it'll be a long time before Billy stretches back in the team and gather, you know, as you mentioned with Jeff Garlett's performance, it'll be a long time before Jeff Garlett's back in the team if he only gets six touches and it's a losing game and he's yeah. a for, he's paid to be a forward. Uh, really important that we won. We we now hang in there in 12th position. Gold Coast sit behind us in 13th and then you're away to Essendon Bulldogs and Kilda Lions and Cubs. So they're not going to be there, but that golf will only get bigger between those teams and as others drop off, or we hope they drop off, we've got to make our way through because the teams on 12, North Melbourne who are in the eight. Then the Cats, Collingwood, Frio, Melbourne, Gold Coast, Suns. That's where the pressure is going to come because Richmond and West Coast have jumped out. GWS will be there as well. And then on 16 is Hawthorne, Adelaide, Port Adelaide and Sydney Swans. You would suggest most of them are going to get in. So all of a sudden, we've only played the first third of the season. Mm. But that last spot in the eight is pretty much what we're all going to be fighting for. Yeah, and don't they say that the top eight's usually decided by round eight or round nine Correct. or something changes changes very rarely yeah changes very very rarely yeah so those other teams aren't going to fall out in a hurry and what we have to do is make sure that in the next three weeks and we'll talk about that on the other side of the break the leading to st kilda because we just need to keep nailing it and uh, we'll look ahead to the the month of footy that melbourne's got because we just need to be winning all the time because as i said earlier one slip and all of a sudden you're out of touch with those teams that are battling to get in they're going to win and they're going to win well. Up towards half forward it goes. Lehrman over the top. This is the kick for Hogan. The back. fly the front, but there's McDonald. Around the corner. It's all come together. Welcome back, Detail. It's time now to look ahead. And for the Melbourne Football Club, it is going to be a really, really important month of football because these matches are the ones that we need to just be victorious on. When we have a look at it, St Kilda and Eddie Head Stadium, Gold Coast Suns at the Gabba, Carlton at the MCG, and then the Adelaide Crows away at Traeger Park at Alice Springs. Then it's the Bulldogs, Collingwood, and then we have the Bye. So of those... I see Collingwood, obviously, as being a a tough one. You spoke about that Queen's birthday. The Bulldogs, bit Jekyll and Hyde at the moment. The Crows up there, anything's possible. But the next three, St Kilda, Gold Coast, Suns and Carlton, just have to have a W in the column, KL. Wow, it would be nice to win a month straight of footy, wouldn't it? I am not counting chickens, even though I've got four in my backyard. I am not (laughs) counting this as four wins for Melbourne in a row. Um, I, I I don't trust... I don't trust the team to win those four games because to me there is still such an element of complacency within the group. And what led me to that, and I mentioned it earlier, is they had the chance to completely obliterate Essendon yesterday and yet they let them get late goals. And I can't handle that element in the game. And if I was the coach, I'd be furious with that. There's no reason. 
the facts of the matter are St Kilda going busted backside style at the moment. They are 16th. They have not been... No team has kicked fewer goals this season than the Saints. They've only managed 52 goals, right? They cannot score. They are third, third last in terms of hit-outs. We are number one with Max Gorn, obviously, absolutely dominating, and it was great to see Maxie feeding it to our guys on, on the weekend. We just simply, we just can't, you can't lose these ones. This is this is the thing. There is nothing that indicates St Kilda should beat Melbourne whatsoever. No, it would be an interesting game if um, Paddy McCartan, Christian Petrarca and Angus Brayshaw all play together because it has been such conjecture over St Kilda taking McCartan over the other two. Um, I would say out of the three, Petrarca is the number one. Uh, and the other two, I, I don't know how you would you My would word judge out him. of that draft meeting and the draft expectations was that St Kilda almost backed into a corner desperately trying to find a, a replacement for Nick Revolt. Yeah. And they, they felt that had they not taken Paddy McCartan, they would have been hounded down for not actually having a key forward. The McCartan thing hasn't worked out the way St Kilda or Paddy would like it. He's obviously had a few speed humps on the way as well. Um, let's hope we don't play him in the form. But I de- <laughs> I'm very, very happy with Christian Petrarca being in our lineup, and obviously Gus Brayshaw as well. So I would say at the moment, as it stands, Melbourne has certainly got the better part of that. But to the coaches that I spoke to ahead of that draft, they said Petrarca is the best junior footballer they'd seen. But those Saints went with Paddy McCartan, and I'm very glad they did. Well, there is no chance of Paddy McCartan being played into form if O McDonald lines up on him. Not a chance at all. Like, well, Oscar's just got to stop drinking your bath water on his own <laughs> and actually just keep getting the job done because his body of work is slowly coming together, but it's not uh, Yeah, it's not rock solid at the moment. So I'm backing OMAC. I'm leaning more towards your side all the time and he's continuing to prove it. But what he doesn't want to do is have an out-of-form, out-of-touch and for mine, looks unfit, Paddy McCartan, rip him a brand-new one and put it all back. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't think that would be good. Yeah, and look, it is being played again at our fortress, Etihad Stadium. So. <laughs> That's okay. I want to raise a question too, and I've interested for details to correspond with us. Who goes to Jack Stephen? Because obviously he has been uh, brilliant. The, the kid from Lawn, but he's not a kid anymore. Who goes to Jack Stephen? Do we have that traditional tagging role, or do we just let him run uh, loose and back our guys? They're going to be better um, running loose as well. No, Clayton, Clayton Oliver goes to him, I would imagine. Clayton didn't have too many possessions. I'd put him on it. I don't want to put Nathan Jones on it. I want him straight down the gob of um, Maxi Gorn. We've got, yeah. a, we've got a midfielder, and as I mentioned before, if Jack Stephen's running wild, put... Um, Melksham on him and he'll stop him straight away. If if Jack Stephen is our only worry against St Kilda, oh my goodness, it's not even yeah. worth having a conversation. We've got to look at far more people than just Jack Stephen. Well, true, but we've also got to get it. We just simply got to get it done. That's, that's what. True. And and if Melbourne's fair income, that's what we're going to do. Here we go. This is from Leanne. This is her Simon says. To those fan supporters members who traditionally skipped the games at Etihad need to pull their finger out and get to the game this Sunday to support the boys who now play the ground so well. We need to increase the noise level to compete with the Saints fans. Well, Leanne, um, if you can also just send in a message and let me know how to get to Etihad because 
It's been so long since I've been, even you though... You and Eddie had snob. I've been <laughs> to Eddie had plenty of times, and I'll be there again on Sunday as well with the family, and we will be cheering as loud as we can possibly cheer. You and Eddie had snob, and uh, you haven't been there since Federation, basically, so you need to extract the digit, KL, and do it to yourself. You know what? The last time I went to Eddie had, other than to see Adele, was to when I was working at Channel. How many how many hardball gets at Adele? Uh, none, but gee, wish she's got some pipes on her. <laughs> okay. The um, the last time I went, I was working at Channel Seven, so I had my own car park at Channel Seven, and they had these like weird underneath uh, little passageways and things. And so I found my way to the ground, and Melbourne played West Coast and got beaten. And I, I don't know where. Well, it's been ten years since I worked at Channel Seven, so yeah, it's been a while. I might actually check the diary and see if I'm free this Sunday. It might be a good trip into town. I can from my office, and you've been to my new work, Hosa. I can oh. look straight down the city to the Etihad Stadium sign. So it's, it's about as close as you've been to it for ten years. <laughs> Oh, no, I reckon I've stopped at um, Southern Cross Station once or twice on the train. Don't, don't be an Eddie Head snob. Get there and make a difference. And I couldn't agree with Leanne more. I agree pretty- with you, Leanne. And you know what? I'm going to check and see what commitments I have this Sunday. I don't think I've got any. If um, you go, if you go, take a picture of yourself because otherwise I actually won't believe it. No, no, no a- none of our details will either. No, Thanks, that's photographic evidence. Point. You know what? Why don't we see if there's any detailers out there that are like me that want to go along and we don't really know how to navigate our way through Etihad. We should all go together and we'll work it out as a team. Then we'll all sit together and so we'll make noise together. That's not a bad idea. If any detailer wants to come, send me a tweet us in at Details Podcast, Details on Facebook. And then uh, I'll see if I like you and then we might go. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to Tinder by Details. So just no swipe left or right. No, married and married. Gold Coast Suns at the Gabba is the away game on May 12th. Well, that's and our fortress Carlton, too. Carlton, yeah, the Gabba <laughs> one, And then Carlton at the MCG. Now, mm. uh, if, if, if we lose to Carlton, then pack up your tent and go home because your friend and Bolton's can actually beat us. They don't look like they're going to beat anyone until round 17, which I think is when they play St Kilda. I was going so, to say, what, do they the, have a bye? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 three, the three next games are going to be enormous. Interested detailers, so get on the social media and tell us your thoughts in uh, in the lead-up. Who, uh, let's do our votes, Koza, because I know you've yep. got a dash. Number yep. one, who did you oh. give a vote to? Uh, for the for the one vote, that is actually what I found to be the hardest. The one vote was was the hardest vote, and I I, I, I actually look. I'm going to give it to Spargo just simply mm. great debut game. Right? Yeah, nice. I'm going to give it to Spargo. No, that's fine. Everybody needs to have a you know just a mild reason for a one vote because quite often the two and three are are your best two players on the ground, and then you can raffle a third. So um, me being me, I went Oscar McDonald. <laughs> oh, you're going to get a tattoo of him on your no, backside. No, I do not ink. So Spargo for mine and then Jones and Gorn. Yeah. That was fairly, fairly simple. Jones the two, Gorn the three. Yeah, that's exactly how I did. I, lo- I loved Maxie kicking those goals from the boundary line and, and yeah, putting it Yeah, any danger of doing it in front would be good. <laughs> you know what? I reckon he would be more dirty on himself for being able to kick him on the side like that than happy. Like His job is to 
be a dominant ruckman who could push forward and kick goals, but he's got to work on his um, on his kicking because you're right, it screwed up our game against Geelong, and who knows Pivotal. who Pivotal. knows where that um, result yep. will finish. Yeah, um, apologies to Christian Salem, who I thought was was really good, especially in that, that final term. Uh, also to Ned Jetta, who did a great job, oh. and the, the guys, the natural footballers that come in and out of the game, Fritch, Hannon, those guys. Apologies yeah. to them as well because I thought they played a really good game. Yeah, something else that needs to be noted uh, this episode, and apologies for not getting it, getting to it until now. But everybody's dream is to not everybody's every footy fan as a kid you grow up and you want to play for the club you supported and James Harms a kid from Clyde um on the where would we say Clyde is near Pakenham um, out that way in Melbourne got to play his 50th game for the club he grew up loving and supporting and I am so thrilled for him to be able to um to play for for Melbourne and I just wish him all the best. You know, I I am a fan of the Harmy Army, although he was a bit I was a bit off him last week, but I really like I really like those stories in footy that you get to live out your childhood dream and and he's doing that and I just wish him all the best and congratulate him. Uh, I agree and gee that number 4 looks good. Doesn't it? <laughs> Doesn't it? Quickly, quickly you've forgotten. Hey, I never, excuse me, I was never on the Jack Watts bandwagon. And as as soon as the club said we want to trade him, remember we were chatting to Paul Ruse at the time and he he went all crazy on us. I'm like, Mm. oh, no, get rid of him. (laughs) Get Mm. him out of here. <laughs> oh, well, good good luck to Jack, but Harmsy does look very good in the four. Hey, get on board, details podcast or details on Facebook. KL, that is about a wrap for us. Yes. And uh, we're looking forward to it in the coming weeks, bringing you more Melbourne identities and old acquaintances. And we're just, uh, just a matter of getting it all together all in the one spot and being able to, uh, to talk to a few people as well. Yes, many people have uh, messaged in Cozer and asked about how, how it's a bit of a different podcast this year. So, yeah, it is slightly different on how we get it out to you all but hopefully it is working if you've got any troubles do let us know and i'll sort it out from the back end if i possibly can Um, but thank you to everyone for being our detailers this year and we're really enjoying bringing it to you and getting to have a chat about the team we love fantastic love it talk to you next week bye it's a grand old flag it's a high flying flag it's an emblem for me and for you well, It's the emblem of the team we love The team of the red and the blue well, Every heart beats true for the red and the blue As we sing a song for you Should old acquaintance be forgotten Sing this song to you Should old acquaintance be forgotten Keep your 